0: Our podcast is about a story about a town, a small town, and the people who live in the town. From a distance, it presents itself like so many other fandom podcasts all over the internet. Nerdy, white, male. Get closer though, and you start to see the silliness underneath.
1: Welcome to River Do's and River Don'ts, a show where we talk about a show about a town. Today we cover chapter eight, The Outsiders.
0: Oh, and we're Rob and Quinn. We didn't introduce ourselves in the last episode because consistency isn't what Riverdale is fond of, and so neither are we.
1: No. That was Rob that said that, and I'm Quinn that's saying this. I'm also saying that this episode was directed by David Katzenberg and written by Julia Cohen. We're gonna talk about what happened in this episode, we're gonna talk about our favorite things, our river dos, our least favorite things, our river don'ts, and our weekly weirdness, something in there that was just so mind-blowing and quasi-Lynchian that it made us scratch our heads. Coming off the heels of episode seven, this episode isn't as great as as it was but it also could have been a lot worse
0: yeah it wasn't a bad episode and like anything is gonna suffer by comparison to like even if it was similarly well executed i think because episode 7 was such a step up in narrative craft from what came before that it also had new car smell working for it
1: So, tensions have been growing between the Blossoms and the Coopers, particularly surrounding Polly. Essentially, the Coopers would like their daughter back, but not Polly's child. And the Blossoms would like Polly's child, but not Polly. And Veronica suggests as a way to heal these rifts, or this tension that's emerging, what any reasonable person would suggest in the situation and that's a baby shower. Just
0: invite all them Hatfields and McCoys to the hoe down, it'll be great. I'm sure that it'll everything be will be fine.
1: So good. And she's at that time in her pregnancy where you normally have a baby shower and everything. Yeah. It just yeah, I, so perfect.
0: I this is like Tim mention's peace anthem for Palestine, except it's not a satire. Like she actually thinks that this is going to work.
1: Yeah. It's um Veronica, in rare form here, displays parent trap levels of naivete. She
0: swims in these manipulative waters of all these social maneuvers and stuff. Like, how on earth does she think this is a thing?
1: Yeah, that's why I'm surprised she's busting out the 12-year-old's logic. It's <laughs> insane. Um, yeah. And that is really one of our main plots. This baby shower is held. Mrs. Blossom. And Mrs. Cooper have a real heated argument there over who Polly should go and live with. Imagine. Even though she's comfortably living with the Lodges right now, stuff comes to light about what happened between Polly and her father in as much as Mr. Cooper tried to take Polly to have an abortion. Without which causes...
0: asking her if that was a thing she wanted.
1: Right, he just scheduled her a quote-unquote doctor's appointment and then dropped her off at the clinic. Because, you know, that's cool. And he does get reasonable retribution for this, so I will give props where it's due to Alice, who has been kind of a trash monster. Yeah,
0: we'll we'll talk about Alice a lot this week.
1: And she does kick him out, so good on her. But yeah, that, that kind of is the, the peak moment of the baby shower, is that coming to light. And then we have our other plot, our sort of A plot, I suppose, for this episode, where all of Fred Andrews' employees... Up and leave because they've been promised a better contract by Clifford Bloom. He's going to pay them for two whole years. So they leave for the job security.
0: This is a Christian Grey power move. Oh, I've bought the company you work at so you can't escape my abuse.
1: Yeah, basically. (laughs) And it's a a bizarre, bizarre power play because not only is it Clifford fucking with Fred, but it's also Clifford trying to fuck with Hiram from a distance. Well, and
0: the theme of... The working class family getting caught in the crossfire between these like business titans is definitely a thing.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's definitely a theme here. But his workers leave. Archie rounds up a band of hot teen boys to come work for him instead. (laughs) He's got himself. He's got Jughead who's wearing a jacket, a tank top. And then a flannel wrapped around his waist. That felt like an odd clothing choice to me. But he also brings- Jughead
0: has this 90s thing that sometimes happens and other characters don't, and so it's weird.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's grunge as hell sometimes. Moose and Kevin are also there. And after their first day of hard work, Moose forgets his phone, goes back out to the truck, finds some hooded thugs beating up some of the electrical equipment. He tells them to stop, so they start beating Moose- which basically puts an end to this whole the children are going to be working for Fred thing and sends the group on a search to find out who did this with a pretty big thread here being the assumption that it probably was the Southside Serpents. Who hang so. out
0: at a bar, which is named for a lesser Bram Stoker story. <laughs>
1: It was white (laughs) what?
0: White worm, or rather. Yes,
1: white worm. Like
0: similar, of course, to Layer of the White Worm, which was Stoker sort of trying to do vampire stuff that wasn't Dracula for the most part.
1: Oh my God. So Archie brings Kevin and Moose down to the bar. Joaquin, Kevin's boyfriend, is able to get them in the door. Jughead refuses to come. He gets really, really cagey about this. They realize down at the bar that, F.P. Jones is a serpent, and as a confrontation is starting to emerge around this, Fred Andrews shows up in his pickup truck because F.P. called him as soon as he saw the boy. I mean,
0: good on F.P. That was just a bad situation waiting to get worse.
1: Yeah, it was, but the serpents definitely didn't do this. Fred comes clean about, you know, what all has happened, and in a surprise twist, we get the resolution of that plot with the serpents. Are now Fred's construction crew. Yeah. And with our final bizarre twist here at the end of the episode, we see that Polly chooses to go and live with the Blossoms at Thornhill and not Ah, with her family. Yes, Thornhill.
0: Thornhill. So, yep, yep,
1: that um, happened kind of work in two of the seasonal plots here in this episode the a plot and the b plot are both kind of doing workhorse stuff for the overarching narrative structure they need um to get in a little bit more into polly and what's going on with jason's baby and those families and we learn toward the end of the episode that who was actually doing the thuggery and the beaten up of the the site were people that were hired by hiram So this sort of dueling of the Titans over the drive-in movie theater lot is just escalating to new and bizarre heights. Mm -hmm. So that being said, let's talk about our River Dews. I'm going to lead off with mine, which, you know, there's a lot that kind of happens with this character in this episode, despite the fact that he's not there all that much, but I did appreciate more Joaquin. <laughs> I like that boy. Yes. I appreciate that boy. And I was just happy to have more of him. It's not a big plot concern. It's not a structural thing. It's not even a specific moment. But I was happy to have more Joaquin and see that that wasn't just a one-off thing that they threw in that drive-in episode. It was
0: also interesting seeing that he's kind of a male femme fatal who is supposed to be getting close to Kevin and thus the sheriff. Yeah, I actually... Because of FP's, like... Strange interest in the investigation,
1: yep, that was pretty good. I appreciated that a lot, especially because Joaquin ends that by telling f p no, but he cares. he really cares he's gonna get himself hurt, and I'm gonna have to do it like there's this level of awareness about what he's doing that he's in yeah, over it's his like his he head, didn't just he like didn't plan else. on
0: actually caring about Kevin, and that's kind of happening now, and he doesn't know what to do
1: exactly. So, go Joaquin.
0: Yeah, agree. So my Riverdue for this week is another sort of structural concern, which is that this episode really deftly gets a lot of the kids directly involved in the soap operatic season-long plots that the adults are involved in. Jughead and Archie both get directly thrown into the real estate conflict, and Betty and Veronica get front row seats for the family feud. So again, we get our four main characters getting more plot hooks into the parts of the show that are not just only about their characters.
1: Right. Those fringes are starting to sort of grow into the main hooks of the characters and thank God for that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I liked the boys getting involved in this whole debacle with the drive-in lot and the stakes of that becoming more universal for the show. it's not just happening in the side anymore. like it's this is a thing that affects most of our main characters now, um similarly with the Cooper Blossom feud so i I liked that this episode again, um sort of streamlined, maybe isn't the right word, but interrelated the world building of the show to certainly synergize sort of the impact of all the stuff that happens.
1: absolutely. maybe it's
0: not as much of a leap forward as last week, but, you know, it's building off of what Episode 7 did, and I like that they're keeping going with that.
1: Absolutely. There there was still definitely some sprawling that wound up happening. You know, things are getting more and more complicated and all over the place, but at least there's more hooks into the characters that we're supposed to care about Indeed. and their relation to that.
0: So last week I had trouble finding a river Riverdome because I really liked pretty much everything in the episode, and, like, even the stuff that made me mad was good for the story. This week I did not have any problems finding a standout, sore thumb, so much worse, and both both so much worse than the rest of the episode, and fucking worthless for the story moment. Which is, oh boy. I'm just gonna be real here, I have gotten up off of my couch and screamed at my television exactly once during Riverdale, and it was this episode, um, at the baby shower, Grandma Ooh, I think I Blossom going. Yep. gets all weird and mystical uh-huh. again, and Cheryl helpfully informs, I guess, the audience under her breath. She has dementia and j****y blood. Fuck
1: off.
0: Okay. First off, ableism and kind of ageism, right? Because we associate dementia with older dementia folks with age, who, who yeah. tend to suffer it much more commonly. J is a racial slur.
1: Yeah, no, that's not a cool thing to say.
0: That is a derogatory term for a group of people who still today struggle to secure basic human rights for themselves and who died by the tens of thousands in Hitler's camps. Um, This is a thing. This is a big problem with America. People in America don't know that the Roma people are real and that there isn't just a cartoon or fictional group of people called who have magic powers like i don't think that the writers of riverdale are racist in fact they've taken great pains to be inclusive thus far in the show and which is something that i like a lot about the show that i think that this happened just shows how insidious the complete ignorance that hollywood in specific and america western culture in general have concerning the roma you yeah. would never see a white-looking person hold up a gas station and then their relative calmly says, oh, he's got anger issues and N star 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 blood, which is exactly the same level of severity of racism that happened in that scene.
1: It was really bad. It was uh, really, really bad. And,
0: and like you would never see that happen. But people are so unaware that that word is not okay or even that those people exist that you get this sneaking into all kinds of stuff. In fact, um a podcast that I won't name because you know like I'm mad about this one thing, but I think it's a great show and the people doing it are great. They used the word to to describe someone being ripped off recently and then recorded an apology that they put after the episode. They're like, look, we're not going to remove what we said because we want to talk about how insidious hate speech is and how it can sneak into your vocabulary if you're not careful. But in the apology, he said to refer to the Roma people.
1: Oh, no. That's
0: how, I mean, I feel fucking sorry for the guy because he was obviously trying. But, like, that's how little people understand. And, like, I feel like, you know, kind of a shit. Uh, because, like, I like to think that this would affect me equally as much were my wife, not half Roma, but, um, like, yeah, it's, it, these are real people with real problems. <laughs> and, yeah, like, that do not get treated well by basically anyone to this day. Yep. Anyway, yeah, holy shit, that was bad. And out of nowhere, and didn't serve the plot, and just, it was played for a joke, and, like, that anyone could think that that was funny along with not knowing what it actually means was just like it was like a slap in the face like so much more uh tone deaf and and bad than anything that's happened in the show so far
1: yeah yeah that was painful that was legitimately painful and my river don't barring you know duplicating yours <laughs> right was just I feel like Hal's character took a weird beating in this episode. (laughs) Hal Cooper, and maybe that's because they play off like half of the men in the show as just being like, oh, what a goob. Like, and obviously Hal has big problems with the Blossoms, but apparently his first reaction to pregnancy is scheduling surprise abortion appointments because he also did that to Alice. Yep. Yep. I'm like, so kind of fuck him. Like,
0: fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah indeed. <laughs> um,
1: and just in line with that, the poly plot is just getting so convoluted and twisted up that I'm starting to have doubts about their ability to pull off the narrative magic required to seamlessly untie this thing. Yeah,
0: we're looking at more of an Alexander-Gordian solution in the future would be my guess, but...
1: Yeah, so... Particularly Hal just suddenly being a massive piece of shit. Like, there's been elements that lead us to believe that he might be insensitive or out of touch or really too tied up in this whole blood feud thing. But Jesus fucking Christ, man. And let me... I'm very pro-choice. But what he was doing was not an issue of choice. He was essentially trying to coerce these women into getting abortions. And what the fuck?
0: This is a good object lesson, if a really gross thing to have happened in a TV show, of how pro-choice isn't the same as pro-abortion, because even pro-choice folks, such as you and me, are rightly disgusted by this behavior.
1: It's deplorable.
0: Although I will say that your River Don't is slightly akin to my River Don't of last week, where it does increase the conflict. There are parts of the plot that it serves, even if it makes your guts churn. It's not just... Yeah nonsense that doesn't help or like actively harms the story at least not to the same degree
1: it is purposeful escalation certainly but
0: still ew
1: yeah really and now it's time for our weekly weirdness this episode had some crazy stuff going on there was definitely some banana pants stuff (laughs) yes like a couple things just for runners up of all people When you put together your construction crew, why did you grab Kevin and Moose? Like, that felt like a couple weird choices for that crew with the pool that Archie had access to. Um, Yeah,
0: I feel like rather than other football dudes, well, I mean, Moose is on the team, but like other football dudes or other people, it's almost like they were just like, well, here are characters that the fans like and haven't had much to do lately.
1: Absolutely, I I can get that for sure i feel like
0: that's probably in the end what motivated that but it was it was probably i mean i would want moose i would want moose on my construction crew to be fair
1: but he's pretty solidly built yeah in case and And apparently
0: according to the canon of the show if we need anyone to lift an i-beam with their dick apparently he's the choice
1: just in case you know it's a common construction thing but uh my runner up here is veronica suggesting that the best way to fix these problems is to hold a fucking baby shower. Yeah. It makes that's good. no sense. It makes no sense. It's this bizarre fantasy child logic that really belies Veronica's characterization to this point.
0: Again, a female character being sort of character breaky to motivate the plot, which is something that happens a couple times in this episode, happened with Betty earlier in the season. And it's something that don't know if it's conscious, but it is a slightly troubling trend in the writing of this show.
1: Agreed. But my real weekly weirdness was in the end, Fred's decision to take on the Serpents as his new construction crew, just because it felt like FP even towing the line a little bit with getting involved in that stuff and starting to get mixed up in that crew is what caused him to fire him in the first place. And I know that the situation has changed, you know? You need people who are going to be able to handle themselves in case of more people coming to try to beat them up. But it still felt like a very strange turn. Yeah,
0: there was a line that was like, you know, yeah, they can just, they can just try to come cause trouble. We can handle trouble. But yeah, I mean, I think it does underscore the desperation of Fred's situation, but it's fucking bizarre. It's like, yes, in place of a construction crew, I now have a barrel of snakes or a box of snakes as it were.
1: Yeah, n- not to mention, like, what are these gangbangers are going to be like, yeah, sure, no, that's fine, I'll, I'll hang up my jacket for a while and do a construction job? Like, who are these people that he wound up bringing? I, yeah. The the weekend warriors of the Southside Serpents?
0: An interesting question, to be sure. And I feel like it's so ancillary to the plot, we're probably never going to see what their motivation to be that loyal to FP is. Oh, no. You know? Like, ugh. Or maybe maybe times are tough in the drug trade because Jason had a zillion pounds of drugs. And, but if FP was the one who burned the truck, like, really? Do you think he didn't take the drug? I don't know. We're never going to make sense of this, I don't think. No, no.
1: <laughs> which is why it's weekly weirdness.
0: So my weekly weirdness, you got you got my runner-up, which is the, like... How did he convince these gangsters to come be construction workers? I actually sort of get it with FP because like as much as Fred has fucked him over in the past, like he's giving him an extra chance now and has continued to extend that hand to him through all the vulnerability and volatility he showed in the previous episode and has done right by Jughead as well. Yeah. So I totally get that. But which of his gang members were like, oh yeah, some legitimate construction work on the weekend would be great. I heard from my kid that Archie got real hot doing it, so I want to get in shape, too. Like, <laughs> I don't know.
1: I need to bang myself
0: um,
1: a... I need to bag myself okay. a predatory teacher <laughs> of my own.
0: <laughs> Gross. I'm so glad that's not in this anymore. I'm
1: so glad she's gone.
0: Uh, like, again, such subject matter can be handled well. This show just didn't quite... Like, they, they wanted to. The, the, the heart was in the right place, but they didn't quite get there. So my weekly weirdness for this one is another instance of a female character getting just noodled about to suit the plot, which is Alice just, I'm a good mom now, after the fight at the baby shower. Like, yeah. Okay, so Machen Amex acting totally sells it. I, you know, I'm on the record that I love her, and it worked for me in the moment, the scene- Was a good scene, but where on earth is this motivated from? Like, nothing about the situation has changed at all, as far as I know. She is suddenly like, okay, we have a blood feud going, and I went nearly insane being so disgusted that you were carrying a blossom baby, and I tried to force adoption on you. Uh, which is, makes another thing like with the trying to force abortion thing like she gets so mad at her husband it's like well you you were also trying to take that choice away from her but whatever Yeah. but this sudden like I'm gonna be supportive and I want you back in my life and I'm gonna support your choices and blah 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 it was a powerful scene that made no sense like I don't get where it came from
1: it was very weird yeah
0: I like where it takes us with the conflict between Betty and Polly's parents mm-hmm. but it feels like they just wanted to do that, and they were like, well, here we write the scene where it, where Alice changes from the character who does this thing into the character who can do this new thing we want her to do.
1: Right. They needed to get the pieces in place and just kind of did what had to be done without concern for consistency.
0: Yeah, so that's my that's my weekly weirdness. It was just... I mean, like, again, the scene wasn't bad, but it's, like, from another show.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Where different things happened.
1: Absolutely.
0: With that... I think that pretty much wraps up The Outsiders.
1: Aye. Thank you so much for listening.
0: All one and a half of you who are left. Mm-hmm. And I am concerned for the health of the half. Um, I imagine they're being slowly pulled into some kind of gelatinous cube as they listen. And I mean, really, that you would choose to spend your final hours listening to us jaw about Riverdale way late to the party is touching.
1: It is. It really uh, so is. So I,
0: I, I appreciate that. And I think that fire works on them from my m- memories of uh, Hopefully. Dungeons and Dragons. Hopefully. You might give that a shot. Yeah. Alrighty. <laughs> okay. That was really, really dumb. I...
1: <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, but now uh, it's time right, to sorry. talk about the most fucking banana pants episode yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let me quickly use the restroom before we dive okay, yeah, into Yeah, me too. This. Just, what the Fuck. <laughs> I didn't dislike it, but I was like, am I high? (laughs) I know. Okay, yeah,
1: quick break.